Hi, everyone. Welcome to Wild Gravity Travelcast, Episode 3. My name is Jim. I'm your host for Wild Gravity Travelcast. And on this week's episode, we have three news highlights to talk about. Um, these are just the highlights from the industry that I uh, want to talk about as well, things that stuck out to me. Um, and then we will be joined by my husband, Brent, for a special uh, trip report, kind of highlights talking about Warner Brothers World mainly, but also a couple other parks in the United Arab Emirates, or UAE for short. Um, Warner Brothers World is in Abu Dhabi, and he got the chance to go to a couple parks in Dubai. So that will be coming up a little later in the show, so keep on listening for that. And we're going to move right into our news. Uh, just last week, of course, we mentioned the Lego Pirate Hotel uh, was announced, and Lego delivered another, yet another exciting uh, news story for us from Legoland Florida. And of course, the Lego Pirate Hotel is also coming to Legoland Florida. But the Lego Movie World is getting a grand opening, or has a grand opening date set now for March 27th of this year. And of course, that was announced uh, last year, like mid last year, I believe May of last year was when the Lego Movie World itself was announced. And that is, for those who've been to the park in the past, or uh, the past as Legoland, uh, it was the World of Chima, like the, the river battle ride. That has been rethemed, as well as two more rides, one from Unikitty and a theater-style ride with Emmett. And we have all the details on the ride, as well as ride concepts that were given to us graciously by Legoland Florida, uh, posted on our website now. And uh, we're really excited to see that. Uh, park and see that we'll see the new land and see get a chance to visit the park again uh it's a great park legoland florida is wonderful park built for kids all the lego parks uh always look pretty great i've been to california as well so be sure to check out a legoland park soon if you haven't already and you have kids especially uh for adults the mini lands are pretty cool as well next up uh silver dollar city made an odd announcement for the given the time of year uh they've announced that their christmas celebration will feature a new eight-story christmas tree this year um and that sort of strikes me reminds me of like dollywood's big tree uh from glacier ridge but even bigger and if you want to see what glacier ridge looked like for dollywood be sure to check out our youtube page i posted tons of video it was a beautiful experience wonderful experience so that is uh, Silver Dollar City uh, adding that eight-story tree. We also um, got a chance to see, it was a little bit sad, I guess, for some of us. Uh, sort of sad for me, I suppose. Um, the demolition company for Firehawk at Kings Island posted a video of them basically ripping the lift hill of Firehawk down to the ground. And they lifted a pretty good chunk. They lifted like the top, oh, I don't know, like the top third at least of it, or, like the arch of the top of the, the actual top of the lift hill, start of the descent, uh, a good portion of the upward version of the lift hill, portion of the lift hill. Uh, it's just really bittersweet to, to see. Um, as we know, great things are coming. Uh, or we hope great things are coming. We don't know that for sure, but it's it's all but confirmed at this point. Let's let's be honest. Um, 
other than that, news-wise, like I said, those are the three major things. Uh, a couple other little things to touch on. Shanghai Disney for your international travelers. Um, Shanghai Disney is going to add a Zootopia land. Uh, that's kind of exciting, I guess. It looked good on the concepts. We'll see what happens with that. Um, we, we, that's about it on the, uh, oh, SeaWorld Orlando announced their concert lineup as well. So, uh, be sure to check that out if you're interested in the concerts. I know the fray is on there. That's a favorite of a few of my friends who might be listening. Um, Lifehouse is on there and there's some other great concerts on there. Um, if you live in the Orlando metro area, that's a good way to get a value for your pass at SeaWorld as well is to go to a couple free concerts, enjoy yourself. And that, uh, the seven seas food festival, that first couple years that, that I got a chance to go, I uh, haven't been back since, but it, it's phenomenal. The, the food, actually the food portions were good. Most of the food is actually pretty good for the tasting portions. And in my opinion, it's a better value than food and wine festival in the fall at Epcot. So that being said, we're going to get ready to move on to our special segment with Brent. Uh, talking about the United Arab Emirates and what he did for the park over there, Warner Brothers World. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. So we're here with our special guest, uh, my husband, Brent. Um, he is here to talk for our special segment this week with us about his trip to the United Arab Emirates, uh, Abu Dhabi specifically, um, for his second visit to Warner Brothers World. Right? Correct. So you went over there in July to um help them get ready to open and almost see them through to opening day and you want to tell us a little bit about that process oh absolutely so yes i went over in july um to assist them with kind of some pre-opening items um some training guest service training operations training and was there for almost two weeks um, just watching what they already know and kind of improving on some of their other techniques on um, different aspects of getting ready to open a brand new park helped them a lot with a lot of their um, standard operation procedures and manuals and as well as on-site um, operating procedures and just training and that's basically what this um, second visit, the one in January of this year, was about. Just kind of following up with what we went over in July. Okay, cool. So um, what was the biggest change you saw other than the park being done and open and operating? What was the biggest change you saw from July to now? So the, really the biggest change, it, which is kind of going to be blatantly obvious, but it's that it was open and they actually had guests the, on the attractions. So it was a lot less cumbersome of just seeing them pretend that they were guests and kind of 
discussing loading processes, they really got the process of loading versus when I was there in July talking about um, how to load and how to unload in guest service. It was kind of more of a theoretical aspect. Okay. So what is your favorite ride feature of the park like what or what what rides do you like in the park i i know we've seen pictures and shared pictures and it's a wonderful looking indoor park but what's your favorite it is a beautiful indoor park um but my favorite ride there probably is uh riddler's revolution it's the zamperla disco um roller coaster type ride which out the ride itself probably would not be as good as um, it is, but the theming and the fact that you bust through a wall and it's, you know, in the dark and with fog effects makes it one of the greatest rides there. Right. Other f- so, yeah, go ahead. It's, so it's, it's amazing. Like what theming can do to a ride sometimes. And I totally agree for our friends listening who haven't seen pictures of Riddler's revenge. It's basically like, um, surf dog or pipe scream surf dog at king's island or pipe scream at cedar point it has that layout except for it is a circular disc uh similar to what you see at dollywood if you've been if any of our listeners have been there um but it's a great ride now we hear uh, a lot of other people at least from what i see on social media they talk about this batman ride which is a lot like um harry potter and the forbidden journey at several of the universal parks and the biggest thing we hear and read about it is that it's better set design wise because it doesn't encompass all of those hashtag screens that we see at universal. Um, but it's transitions are kind of rough. Would you sort of agree with that? I, I would. And I agree with both of the things that you said, the, the level of physical sets in the ride, make it an amazing ride. And if, the whole scheme of things um, was better. It probably would be on par, if not better than Forbidden Journey because of the screens. However, as you also mentioned, the transitions between the different show segments and the different scenes is very bad. Um, It almost seems like the ride, um, which is the Kuka Robo Arm type ride, goes to a neutral position every single time you transition. So it just does not flow. I almost want to call it like the rip ride rocket of dark rides. Element block break, element block break. Gotcha. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel about rip ride rocket as well. Um, Yeah. So what is, what are some other highlights of the park you want to talk about for a couple minutes? Um, Going around the park, they probably have, um, you know, s- spent half their budget on theming itself. Every single inch of every single millimeter is themed to something. If When you walk in the park, you walk into this grand showcase of like you're walking into the back lot of Warner Brothers. Um, the cartoon junction is themed very much like you walked into the middle of a Looney Tunes cartoon. Uh, the dark or excuse me the gotham section looks like gotham it is dark it is grungy it is cold 
it's poorly lit. And I mean, that, that's other than just being dark. It's there are lighting effects that just m- make you feel like you're in this dark alley and not just, you know, kind of an overall dark feeling. And the metropolis area is upbeat and happy, uh, much like, you know, you, the personality of Superman. So the theming aspect of that building is phenomenal on par if not better with something that you know disney did and avatar land and universal did with the two harry potter parks okay so then i mean obviously you sort of already answered this question i'm gonna say i'm gonna ask and we'll say would you say this is the best use of dc comics in a park like and i mean obviously our only other example is six flags but you would say that they've taken this to a level Six Flags doesn't seem capable of, right? Oh, absolutely, yes. Six Flags kind of halfway does the theming. They apply the theming. This is a full-on 110% immersive experience from the time you enter the land to the time that you exit. Wow. Okay. Um the other thing that really stuck out to me was um, in our pictures and for our followers of the website who haven't seen it, you can search for it on the website. Um, we have a post showing off some of your pictures uh, from the, from the park, from your first visit. And one of the things that stuck out to me was uh, the Flintstones ride. And that's, that was a log flume, I believe. Correct. Correct. An Intamin log flume. Awesome. Wow. Intamin log flume. Well, hopefully it's still operating and it at works. a decent rate. <laughs> and it works beautifully. Oh, wow. Well, that's uh, more than we can say for the defunct Cedar Point version, which I guess. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right. And uh, so food wise, because I know, I know a lot of people may never get to go to Abu Dhabi or Dubai, which is just, you know, an hour or so away. Uh, what is there food wise in the park? Like what, what could people expect? Is it more Americanized? Can they eat regular food or. So all of the restaurants are themed as well. Uh, just kind of the highlights of my list. Um, Doom. Hall of Doom, I believe is the technical name of the, the restaurant is the more Asian style restaurant it's in the back of the park in gotham it is gourmet asian food both on both sides of the spectrum here you have traditional asian food from asia and kind of in a more americanized worldized asian feel and that's my favorite restaurant there the um, fried prawns are absolutely phenomenal i had beef and broccoli a couple times while I was there, that was phenomenal, much better than anything that I've gotten in the States ever. Um, otherwise, uh, there is one burger restaurant in the entire park. It is in um, the Bedrock area, and it's uh, Bedrock Burger, and it serves the biggest, thickest cheeseburger that I've seen in a um, theme park, I think, anywhere. But it fits very much fits the theme of Bedrock. It's a very plain, thick, old style looking burger that you would 
looked like it got pulled straight out of the cartoons of the Flintstones. Cool. Okay. So going to wrap up uh, our interview with a couple more little questions. Uh, in your July trip, you got to spend two weeks there. This last trip, you were only there basically a weekend. So it was kind of a whirlwind. Um, you got to go briefly to a couple other parks. So you want to tell us about uh, those parks, what you thought, what your impressions were. Yeah. So I didn't get to go to any other parks in um, this last trip in January. However, in July, I went to Ferrari World and um, ING Worlds of Adventure. Ferrari World was really cool. Um, it was not as themed as Warner Brothers, but definitely in a, I know a, a great park. And considering the two are in the same family of um, ownership, they do sell combo tickets to the two. So if you're going to go to one, you might as well go to the other. Um, on the rides at Ferrari World, due to the fact of we were kind of pressed for time, I literally made a marathon through the park. I was in the park for about 72 minutes, and I, I kid you not, I ran. Um, I got all the coasters because why not? And I wanted to try Formula Rosa. Um, more on that in a second. And um, a couple of the dark rides and then just kind of enjoyed the theming and what um, Ferrari World is all about. Kind of got a sense for that. So for the coasters, there are, um, you know, several in the park. Formula Rosa is the one that everyone has heard about. And that's the world's fastest roller coaster. You do have to wear safety goggles on it. And I can see why now. Because it literally feels like you are in a sandblaster once you launch out of the building. With that being said, though, um, the launch is not as dramatic as um, like Top Tail Dragster because you're not going up that vertical um, top hat. But that speed is sustained through the entire ride. You are going, you know, a hundred and at least a hundred and something through the entire ride. It is smooth and it is forceful, and it's a really good ride. However, the feeling of getting sandblasted and baked because, you know, I did go in July and it was 124 that day, I believe. Um, that kind of takes away from the experience when you're, you're out in the sun getting baked. Yeah. The other, the other ride there that really struck at a beautiful note for me was flying aces. So if you've been to um, Hershey park and ridden sky rush and hated on sky rush because your thighs got crushed Intamin fixed it. This is probably one of their best rides that I've ever ridden. And yes, I'm speaking to you, Maverick. Um, it is smooth. It is fun. It is a wing coaster. It is, um, you know, has some great G-forces to it and hills and airtime, and it doesn't hurt. Um, so the other park I went to outside, um, uh, just outside of Dubai, was ING Worlds of Adventure. That is kind of almost like an indoor universal park. That's really what I had the feel for um, walking in that. It feels like universal. You have um, some, some of the same concepts, so like cartoon um, network stuff and um, Marvel and stuff like that. It was a really good park. However, you could feel that it was built in a rush and that maybe that money was an issue for some of the operating budget. 
uh, had some issues with operation and staffing, um, both that we observed and, you know, had heard from other people. But the rides were really good. Um, they had a uh, Gerschlauer uh, couple Mac coasters um, that were, were good. Nothing phenomenal, I would say. But, you know, definitely if you were made your way all the way over to Dubai, it's not an expensive park to go in. And if you are um, driving through, it is literally right off of the freeway system there in uh, the UAE. So you can exit, go in the park for a couple hours and enjoy it. Um, though it's definitely not my favorite park there. Okay, thanks, Brent, for joining in on that one. And uh, as he graciously gave us lots of great info there, if you're going to travel there, uh, be sure to hit him up on social media uh, or contact us on Wild Gravity Travels. I'm sure he can help you out with information on the United Arab Emirates uh, travel. Um, we did get cut off there towards the end, uh, right after he ended his thought on the IMG Park. Uh, like I said, we're really new to the whole podcast recording thing. And we were trying to use an app, and it apparently cut us off. So at least he got all the information in. Uh, hopefully, you guys gained some new insight. And uh, like one of the biggest things I always tell people too, and I haven't traveled that much internationally. Brent is starting to now. Um, there's great parks everywhere in the world, and not everywhere, but there's great parks other places than North America. You have to know where to look. Um, but there's, there's good experiences everywhere, and it's not just all Six Flags, Cedar Fair, and Disney all the time uh, as far as when you talk about good parks or fun parks to visit. I know those are the ones readily available to us here in the States, um, but it doesn't hurt to sometimes explore international travel. And we're going to dive into that a little more. Hopefully, we'll be having Brian on uh, within a few weeks uh, to talk about the to talk about the um, trip, his trips to Asia. And he's done a couple now and actually going back for his third, uh, the end of this month into next month, I believe. So this next week he'll be heading in, he'll be heading over to China or Japan. I'm not really sure, but I'm sure he'll be along to tell us all about it in a few weeks at least. And uh, we'll see what, he has to say about those parks again. Uh, I know he's been to several of the Disney parks over there. So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Wild Gravity Travel Cast, episode three. On our next episode, we will, uh, again, as always, bring you the latest news or the news highlights from the theme park and travel industry. Uh, we will also have our special feature, which at this point I'm planning to be, unless we get a special interview, um, our inner, our special feature will be talking about some of the best coaster collections that I've seen in an amusement park um, or heard about as far as ride content and total rides. Uh, best collection of roller coasters. That's something that you don't see voted on in any of the awards. Um, it's something you don't see talked about too much. It's more about which single coaster is better than another coaster. Um, so... We're going to talk a little more in depth about the greatest coaster collections that I've seen and what makes a park great uh, or what makes a park have a great coaster collection, probably. So 
We'll, we'll dive into that next time. Thanks for listening once again. Uh, be sure to check out our website for more information and tons of stuff. YouTube, we're posting lots of videos right now um, as they come in from the various media outlets as well as a couple videos of our own. So be sure to check out our social pages. Subscribe to us uh, for this podcast. We'll have lots of great content coming up. Thanks for listening. Have a great week ahead. Happy end of January, everybody. And for those in the North, stay warm this upcoming week.